Welcome, guys, to the first episode of the Patriots Post Report. I hope you guys are all doing well. So this is kind of going to be like a little trial run uh, for the preseason. I'm just kind of like testing it out. Bear with me here as it's kind of like my, it's, it's the first one here. So I'm trying to figure out how I kind of want to, how I kind of want to do it. Do I want like, I'll kind of like review each one and see. Also, let me know what you guys think. I will leave all of my social medias on in the description. Let me know if when you guys listen to it. If there's anything, if there's any sort of setup that you guys would specifically want to hear, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we're going to be talking about the Patriots versus Eagles game. Obviously, 35 to 0 was the score. New England absolutely destroyed. Um, but so let's get into today's episode, or let's get into the news and the contents of of it, if you will. So this should be good. This should be really, really fun. I'm excited for this. Only thing left to do is just figure out the type of style we want here, and then we'll go from there. So I took some notes from the game as it was kind of going on, just to kind of get an idea of what, you know, just to kind of build a foundation for what we want to talk about here. So first off, right in the beginning of the game, uh, Joe Flacco gets sacked by Matt Judon, and then it was a quick recovery by by Jalen Mills. Uh, Jalen Mills with the quick recovery on that ball. And it was just an overall, it was a good sack. I mean, it was a good play. I believe that the ball sailed over his head. I'm pretty sure it sailed over his head. He goes to pick it up, and then he just gets smothered. Um, unless that was a different play. That might have been a different play. I feel like it was. I, I think I'm getting him confused. But, yeah, so that was just a, an incredible play there uh, by Matt Judon and Jalen Mills. And then Damien Harris's touchdown. Now, with Damien Harris's touchdown, I was real. I, I was when I first saw him score. Right, I, I, I was happy because seeing the way that he played last year, and I guess, ah, oh, should I pick up his twenty twenty stats real quick? Because he played so well last year. And I was really hoping that when he got into it this year, that he was going to kind of like pick off where he, you know, pick up where he left off. And it almost seems like he did. I mean, he's still an incredible player with, you know, good, good football awareness, good IQ, knows what to do with the ball, knows where to kind of cut. He knows how to cut to the outside when he meet, you know. He knows when to cut out to the out to the, I'm getting mixed up. He knows when to cut to the outside of the field when he needs to. So like he knows how to do a shift. He knows how to shift it when he needs to to get around the edge of a player. He's just got well he's just got well-rounded football IQ. He's an incredible player. And um he obviously knows what he's doing. So, let's see here. 
So for 2020-2021, he had 137 rushing attempts for 691 total yards on two scores. Now, the stats there doesn't seem to wow you. It ain't going to wow you. Like, these aren't going to, like, blow my mind. But, like, it's how he was, like, it's how Damian Harris was progressing down the field. Like, yeah, these aren't going to, these, like, touchdown stats, all this other stuff isn't going to wow you, but with the way that he was running, with the way that he was getting the ball down the field in his running, with his running, like the way he would pick up first downs if it was like a third and seven or a, a, a longer third and a longer third down, because normally people say third and manageable, right? So that's like third and five down. So third and five all the way down to third, third and inches. And he, I noticed last year, he did really well if it was not manageable, if it was a little bit of a tougher third down, a third down type of play that you wouldn't want, like a third and like a third and seven, a third and eight. I noticed Damian Harris picking those up last year, a couple of those last year. So, yeah, these stats are going to wow you, but it was how he was getting the ball down the field with his feet, and that, that's that's where to me. I was looking at for this game. I noticed that he definitely picked off where he left off. He definitely picked up where he left off. And he's just he's a bulldozer. He he gets he gets you where you need to be. Right? He was just bulldozing through players. He's he's a smaller back. So and that's what Bill Belichick loves. He loves the smaller backs. So he's able to kind of squeeze himself in there. He's able to truck his way into the end zone and he you know he's able to get lost within the crowd so he's just an incredible player and a well-rounded a well well-rounded talent for sure i don't know many players that are like damien harris at least on the up and coming and then yeah so then it was i believe oh, i'm gonna have to try and pinpoint this who I believe it was first quarter. I believe it was a first quarter stop, or for a first first quarter when this happened. It was like a third and it was like a, it was it was really 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 close to the first stop. I believe it was like a third and two, a third and three, and um, Philly just needed to get right in there, and Kyle Van Noy just completely he Kyle Van Noy. Gets right up the middle. He blitzes that gap. And then he just kind of shoots it right through the middle and stops the running back from getting in. I mean, that was an incredible stop. From the way that the camera kept panning, I actually thought he had it for one. I actually kind of thought they, you know, he got it because, or that he, that he got the first down because the way that the camera panned past the first down line, I thought maybe he got it. But then I kept looking and he got stopped. So, yeah, Kim, you know, Kyle Van Noy is just – he's an incredible player. I, I There's not much I can really say about him. Obviously, we had him before, you know, this 2020, 2020 season he got – obviously, we let him walk. He went to Miami, bring him back. And, I mean, I wasn't expecting anything different, honestly, with Kyle Van Noy. I was expecting him to be the same way. Um, obviously, I think New England 
kind of gets his, you know, kind of makes his potential kind of come out a little bit more than Miami than Miami did with him. I think New England does better with him. And I think New England's just overall better fit. So I really hope he's with the team for a little bit longer than you, you know, than just a couple seasons. But um yeah, just an incredible stop by Calvin Noy. Just to have that situational awareness to be able to, you know, get in there and get that stop. And a crucial third down. It wasn't really crucial, but it was just a huge stop. I mean, just to be able to, re, you know, react the way that he did to get in there and stuff him. So that was incredible. And yeah, and then the next thing I wanted to talk about was Cam Newton. So obviously last year we didn't really have – so the problem with last season, I know this isn't an excuse or anything with how the season went, for, for me anyway. For me, the whole thing with Cam Newton last year was he didn't look good, all right? And part of that reason is because of the time that we signed him. We, I believe we signed him, what, in March of last year? So he really only had, well, April, May... I mean, he only had a couple months, really, to learn the playbook. But to learn a playbook like that, to fully, like, be comfortable, that's not enough time. And so he definitely looks a lot more comfortable now. He, he and, and also the problem was is when they signed him, they really didn't have all that time to really, like, they really didn't have all that much time to really work with him like they did for the time that they had him but they really didn't have all that much time to work with them. And that's where the problem was. They didn't have enough time to really work with them, get them comfortable with the, with, with the playbook and just kind of, you know, they just had to quickly throw plays together and quickly like toss it, you know, quickly toss an offensive playbook sheet together. Like they didn't, they didn't, there's not, they didn't have enough time to do that. Right. They just had to toss something together, which they didn't have the time for. And not only that, he didn't really have any weapons. I mean, your leading your your leading player last year was Nikhil Harry, and probably Jacoby Myers. Probably it was probably Jacoby Myers, and then Nikhil Harry a close second. And it just it really didn't it just didn't suit anything. It didn't do anything for us. And and then to have the defense missing like it did, it was just it, it you know. It was it just ended as a disaster season. It didn't end the way we wanted it to at all. And so obviously we got the guys back that we have now. We have you know a much better defense, a bolstered defense, a much better offense, you know, with the additions of Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, um Hunter Henry, John U. Smith. Ted Karras back as the center, you know, uh, for defense, Matt Judon got Kyle Van Noy back. We have Raquan McMillan, but he's injured now for the whole season. So it's just, you know, all those little efforts. And Bill Belichick is such a good coach that in little time, he could turn these guys all into elites, you know, elite players. And there's, you know, their value, their player value is going to, you know, skyrocket from being with this team and their, their star has already been getting noticed. But the biggest thing with the, what I wanted to say with Cam Newton, I know I'm getting a little off topic, 
with Cam Newton, I wanted to say, he looks a lot more comfortable in that pocket. He he looks he's obviously had he he showed flashes of great situational awareness, great pocket presence, like he did last year. That wasn't a surprise to me. He had a couple dodges. He had a couple, you know, he had, he had a really good, really good presence in that pocket, like he always does. It's Cam Newton. But the ball, I don't know why, but something with the way he threw the, the something with the way he threw the ball last night just looked a lot more confident, right? He looked, it looked like a tighter spiral. It just looked like a lot cleaner of a throw. Just something about it looked a lot more confident. Like last year, it just kind of looked like he was just throwing it. Like he didn't really know. You know what I mean? Like he didn't really know. Like he obviously was throwing it, but it didn't look like he was. He wasn't really. It didn't really look like he was throwing with confidence. It didn't really look like he was. It just kind of looked like he was throwing it. It didn't really look like anything. Like it was. Like it was. Like he had a purpose of with the throw. And now it just looks like there's a purpose with that throw. It looks a lot. It looks like a lot tighter of a spiral. It looks a lot cleaner. The form looks great. He steps up in the pocket, makes throws. I would only say the one iffy throw I think he made was there was an on the. I, I, it's probably because he was feeling like someone was behind him, so he tried to rush the throw. Gets the throw out to James White. James White makes the the catch, but it's kind of like a. It's kind of like bobbling it the whole time, and then he kind of just cleanly comes down with it. Uh, last year, that went to probably counted, but it did this year because they changed it, the rules. And so, but yeah, Cam Newton overall, I'm a lot more confident with him this year. I was trying to stay positive last year with it all, but I think the the, the, the problem with that for me was is I knew when we signed Cam Newton, so I knew that, and I know that that really wasn't a hell of a lot of time for him to really do much. So I was a little bit nervous with Cam. But I feel a lot better with Cam this year for sure. Again, with that tight spiral, just look, looks a lot more, just overall a lot more confident of a player. And he, he's got we, he's got weapons now. And not only that, but he's a weapon himself. He can run the ball. Um, so, yeah, just an overall better result this year. And I'm a lot more... I'm a lot more confident, a lot excited, a lot more excited this year. So, um, what else did I kind of write down here? Okay, next thing here is Quinn Nordine, our kicker. Yeah, started out 0 for three. Then he kind of, kind of gets it together a little bit. Ends the game with, ends the game going two for five. On kicking. Now, I guess I probably should make sure of that because maybe I didn't end up updating it. I should just make sure real quick. I hope I can see that. Let's see, this is Quinn Nordine. It only says he had two attempts. He had five attempts because he started out 0 for 3, and then he makes two. So he had five attempts in total. He goes 2 for 5. So, yeah, he ends up going 0 for 3 to start out, misses three straight PATs, and then he kind of gets it together, makes two. Now, 
the, the, the thing with the kicking situation is, is we still have Nick Folk, but he's 36 years old. He's getting up there in age. And usually Bill Belichick can hang on to, and that's why we barely even have any kickers throughout our team because Bill Belichick is able to draft these guys or under, or, you know, or, or they go undrafted and then they stay with the team for like a decade, a decade and a half. Like with Guskowski, we signed him back in 2000, was it 2006, 2007? And then he stayed with us until 2019. So, I mean, it's kind of like, or 20, 2020, 2006, 2007, ah, something like that. Anyway, but you get the point, though. It was like a decade and a half. So, and that's why New England barely has any kickers. But if you look at this Quinn Nordine, I, I, look, after that game, I'm happy that he made two. But those are PATs. Those are what you're going to be seeing in a regular game when New England scores. And he and he started out 0 for 3. I, if you want me to be honest, after that game, I'm not too confident with Nordine right now. I guess we'll just kind of keep waiting to see, and that's what preseason's all about. Luckily for New England was Philly wasn't doing anything, and obviously they never scored, so the the, the PATs never actually mattered. But in a real game, those are gonna in a real in the real regular season, those are gonna matter. And you know, we're obviously not gonna want him missing those PATs in regular season when it does matter. Like right now those don't even matter. Like right now if we were to lost if we were to have lost that game, that wouldn't have mattered. But right but in the regular season and he misses those, that could be that could be difference between game between win and loss. And so yeah, honestly right now I'm not too confident with him. I hope he ends up getting better. I hope that he can figure it out in practice. Kind of figure out what kind of figure out what the hell is going on. Otherwise we might have to end up just signing another kicker again. I, honestly, I was kind of surprised when, when it came to the draft that Bill Belichick didn't at least sign someone, not even draft someone, but just, like, get someone that was undrafted. But, I mean, it's harder to find a kicker than it probably than it looks. I mean, I'm sure the kickers barely ever come into the draft. So, I mean, it, it's a lot harder than I'm sure it looks. So it's, it's probably easy for me to say that. But, yeah, I just kind of wanted to get that out there. Again, we'll kind of keep an eye on Quinn Nordine and see what his, you know, see what his progress is because I would love to see him make the team. But if he's going to be going 0 for 3 and consistently miss the first couple, I, I, I'm i not going to want him. Next thing here was Mac Jones. So this is when Mac Jones comes into the game. I was real happy with Mac Jones. I, again, I was real happy with him. I think that the way he was playing was phenomenal. I, I kept watching him pre-snap. He kept making all these great pre-snap reads. He was learning, you know, he was reading the defense. He was killing the plays. He was making great, great audible adjustment, audible adjustments. He was doing fantastic pre-snap. And then he followed through, makes the drop, had had good pocket presence, made some great throws, and it was just it was incredible to watch. And when you have time, and that's the thing, when you have time, we signed it, we, we drafted him out of April. From April till now, 
That's not that long. That's really not that long ago. A couple months ago at that. And look at the progress he's already made. And he was already a great player from college. I mean, Alabama's a hell of a a hell of a school. They have a great football program. That's why Belichick loves to sign guys from Alabama. They're a, they're a great great you know organization, great program over there. They have coaches that know what they're doing. They they really know how to build these guys up. And they obviously did that with Mac Jones. I mean, this is something that you know Mac Jones. This is all stuff that's like second nature to him. He knows how to do all this. And he just, he looked incredible out there once again, week two. He didn't actually, I don't think he actually ended up completing another touchdown pass. I know he had a couple of bombs there, but he didn't actually, I know he had a couple of throws in there, but I don't think he actually completed anything. Let me look for sure. I don't think he, yeah, no, he didn't end up throwing for any touchdowns. But the way he was moving the ball, the way he was reading the defense, I was just overall very, very pleased with Mac Jones. I'm excited for him this season. And there was something I quickly wanted to say about Mac Jones as well. Look, I, I don't know when it, when it comes to who's going to start. I know that this has been something that's been brought up a lot recently. I I don't know. I it would be a Bill Belichick. It wouldn't be a. It wouldn't be like Bill Belichick to to put Cam Newton or to put Mac Jones as the quarterback one for New England. I'm if I'm looking at what Bill Belichick likes to do and what he's known to do would be to put Cam Newton in. He doesn't want to rush the quarterbacks, and I know you keep going back to what he did it with Brady. Well, he had to with Brady. Right, Drew Bledsoe got that hit. Drew Bledsoe took a major hit from Jets' Mo Lewis back in 2001. I mean, he was forced to put in Brady. That was his backup. So he he wouldn't have done it if he didn't have to. You know, he would have kept – obviously, Bledsoe would have been the starter until he retired. We went to seeing Brady at that point. But so – and if you're yeah, again, if you're looking at what Bill Belichick likes to do, I say you put in Cam Newton. I know Bill Belichick. He doesn't want to rush. Cam, he doesn't want to rush Mac Jones. Yeah, we're seeing good come out of Mac Jones. But what if you do put him in, and then he just, God forbid, he folds, like because you put him in too early. He needs to continue to develop. He needs to continue to learn from Cam Newton. Learn from Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer is a great presence to have in that locker room he's been with New England for a while he knows the playbook better than anyone he knows what he's doing he's a great presence to have and so when you look at all of that stuff and the 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 environment New England has Mac Jones is going to learn very quickly now what do I personally want I would like to see Mac I would like to see Cam Newton with the starting um, I, I would be comfortable with Mac Jones, I think, but I would like to – I and this is only preseason. I want to be able to see more out of Mac Jones. And if he and if I'm seeing consistent consistency, then yeah. Now, this is no, this is my this is what me this is me personally. I want to see Mac. I keep saying Mac. I want to see Cam Newton get the start. I want to see Cam Newton starting. I want to see him be our quarterback for now. The only way I see it being Mac Jones, 
is if Mac Jones or is if, God forbid, Cam Newton gets hurt and knock on wood, I don't want that to happen, but that's the way, one way I see it happening. So it would be a Drew Bledsoe, Tom Brady type situation. Or not that, not, you know, hopefully not that one. But the next one could be is that New England is doing so good in a game to where they don't want to injure Cam Newton. They'll put in Matt Jones and kind of give him some exposure to the regular season and kind of get him some regular season games that matter most snaps. Um, I could see because Bill Belichick's done that before too, where we've had great, where we've done, we know we're going to win the game. He takes out Tom Brady, puts in, you know, he would put in Jimmy Garoppolo back when we had him. And Jimmy Garoppolo would get a couple snaps at the end of the game. I could see Bill Belichick doing that with Mac Jones. Cam Newton and the and the Patriots do well the whole game, last couple of minutes, or maybe the whole fourth quarter or something if we're absolutely destroying. He'll put in Mac Jones for the whole quarter, just to kind of see what he'll do for a quarter. I could see him doing that too. Um, or if we do, or if we know that we're going to end up making the playoffs, he doesn't want to injure Cam Newton. He plays Mac Jones to win. You know, maybe we already have the playoffs clinched or something where we know that no matter what, we're going to make it and we're going to have a position locked. He can play Mac Jones, you know, in, in some of the games as well. So those are the situations where I see Mac Jones coming in. I hope it's not that first one that I mentioned. But if it is, it is. But I would prefer it to be the second one, where we're blowing out a team or something. We know we're going to win. He plays Mac Jones and rests Cam Newton so we don't injure him. Just to kind of give Mac Jones some some exposure to the league and some exposure to the, in the games that actually matter. So that would be cool to see. That's just kind of my thoughts on the whole thing, though, because I know I haven't addressed it in a while. And then... What else was there to kind of talk about here that I have for notes? Okay, so you know what, actually? Let's – I kind of actually – oh, never mind. I was going to take a break real quick, but, you know, I think we'll finish this part up. I want to – next thing I wanted to talk about was Ramondre Stevenson. Had two touchdowns in yesterday's game. Just an overall incredible player so far up to this point. He's really honestly reminding me a lot of LeGarrette Blunt. It's actually funny because during yesterday's game, I kept calling him LeGarrette Blunt, and then the, the the announcers were, you know, actually compared him to LeGarrette Blunt too. At the same time, it was very funny. But, um, yeah, he's just an overall, you know, again, an overall great, situa- great, great situational, you know, awareness football player has a high IQ, again, great awareness on the field, knows what he's got to do, knows where he's got to go. He was able to kind of read at what position they were on the field and what, you know, what route to take to get the best results out of a run. And that's where the great IQ comes into play. The great, you know, the LeGarrette Blunt-esque runs, running through large crowds, being able to carry them with them just kept the wheels turning, kept them legs, kept them legs turning, got upfield, 
most of the time, won most of those battles. It was just incredible to watch. And, yeah, I'd be very pleased to see him on the team, on that 53-man roster, just after the, the type of performances he's been putting in. I could definitely see New England keeping him, and I would be happy if they did. And then the last thing I wrote down for game notes was J.J. Taylor's touchdown. J.J. Taylor, obviously we had him last season as, as well. Again, also a great football, a great football-minded player. Has, a, again, a great IQ in him as well. All these guys, they just have great football IQs. They have great situational awareness. They all know what to do with the football. You know, obviously, they all know where to go with the ball. They know... You know, they know how to make their certain cuts when they need to. They don't just do them to dance. You know, they don't just sit there and try to dance with the ball. They make their moves when they make their moves to get the best results out of a run to do. Like J.J. Taylor and Ramondre Stevenson, they, they make certain cuts at certain times to be able to be, you know, to be able to cut through a certain slot that's open in the field, you know, to be able to get open. They're not just sitting there dancing with it like they're they're doing certain cuts. They're making certain they're making they're making certain you know cuts and shifts and shifting over a lot to be able to open up a certain part of the field to be able to cut right through. They did that all night pretty much, and they just they were able to make their shifts to where they could they could get around the edge and you know score a touchdown or get a first down. So. They're just incredible players. Not much I can really say. I mean, they're just great. But, guys, we'll actually be back. And when we come back from our break, we'll get into the stats. So, yeah, we'll be back. All right, guys, so welcome back from the break. So we just got done talking about J.J. Taylor before the break, talking about his his amazing football IQ and everything. But, yeah, J.J. Taylor just, you know, again, just an incredible player, well-rounded, knows what he's doing. Knows how to get around, knows how to you know knows how to get around the field, knows knows when to do what in certain situations. So great situational awareness, and uh, yeah, so he's definitely going to be one of those great upcoming players for sure. And I'm excited to see him again this year as well. So to kind of see where he left off from last year. All right, so now this leads us into getting into stats now. So. Mac Jones surprisingly actually does this has the same amount of completions and attempts as he did game number one. So he got, again goes thirteen of nineteen, so pretty consistent, and an almost seventy percent completion percentage, sixty eight point four, with one hundred forty six yards. Again, zero touchdowns, but the way he was getting down the field, and the way he was progressing, you know, the way he was progressing up the field, making those pre snap reads. Doing all that stuff was very, very promising. And obviously, no no, no picks as well, so that's good. And then has a 98.9 quarterback rating. That is a really high rating. That is actually fantastic. That is, that is, a, that is high. That's good. Cam Newton looks good as well, going 8 for 9. 89 point – is that 88.9? 88.9 completion percentage. With 103 yards, one touchdown, zero picks on a 155.8 percent, a 155.8 quarterback rating. That is immaculate. It actually heard something pretty surprising last night during the game too. 
they actually went on to say that this that this quarterback rating for Cam Newton, this is the highest it's been since 2016. See, he has not had a high he has not had a high quarterback rating like this since 2016 in Carolina. That is incredible. And then you look at Brian Hoyer going two for three, 66.7%, 30 yards, zero touchdowns, zero picks on a 109.7 quarterback rating. Obviously, Brian Hoyer got a little bit less time. Mac Jones and Cam Newton kind of split. Mac Jones, I think, got a little bit more than Cam Newton did, but obviously that's the whole point. So, yeah, again, the quarterback's just, you know, looking very, very promising again. Once again, this game looked a lot more promising this game than last game, and it was just incredible. And then, obviously, you got Ramondre Stevenson, just an overall just incredible player. Again, LeGarrette Blunt-esque, and LeGarrette Blunt-esque type player. He's going to, you know, don't sleep on Stevenson. I'm telling you, he is going to destroy this season. And I, 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 I can already see it. That's why Bill Belichick picked him up. That's why Bill Belichick got him. He's seen LeGarrette Blunt in him, and he had a LeGarrette Blunt. Put those two together, that's a win. So Ramondre Stevenson has goes on to have 14 attempts on 65 yards running on a 4.6 average. Keep in mind, most of the time, he had to push the pile forward like LeGarrette Blunt used to. So for that to be a 4.6 average is actually really high. That's actually really good considering most of the time he was carrying a pile. His, his longest was 11 was it 11 yards with two touchdowns in yesterday's game? And then you have J.J. Taylor going for 11 attempts on 88 yards on eight on an exactly 8.0 average yard per game. On 21 was his longest run with one touchdown. And then you have Sony Michelle. Now, he didn't score a touchdown, but he, he definitely carried the load, though. He definitely carried the pile forward. Going to seven attempts, 34 yards, 4.9 was his average on 11 yards was his longest. Not as promising as everyone else. Of course, he didn't play as much as everyone else probably because, you know, they want to keep him fresh. All the starters and stuff, you'll notice that they barely even – you'll notice that the starters barely really played because they want them to obviously get rest. And then you have Damian Harris. He had six attempts, 14 yards, 2.3 was his average, and he had one touchdown. So, but very, very promising, though. And he definitely, like, he definitely carried the pile a couple times as well. Uh, and then, of course, had that touchdown early on in the game. So, and then Brian Hoyer and both Mac Jones rushed it as well a couple times. But, and then you go, moving on to the receiving department. You have Gunnar Olszewski, we have him. Obviously, he's the punt returner, so he had a couple, he had a couple, you know, couple statistics in that department as well. But he goes on to have four receptions for 57 yards and no touchdowns. Sony Michelle has the same amount of receptions, four for 37, no touchdowns. Jacoby Myers, 
three receptions, 56 yards, one touchdown. Now, Jacoby Myers, I was really pleased because I believe it was a throw by Cam Newton early on in the game where he throws it down the field. Jacoby Myers catches it but gets pancaked on a really actually both really hard tackles, and he held onto the ball. Great awareness by Myers, just an incredible he's, – he's, he's getting better. He's becoming a, a great player. He's actually becoming really reliable recently. I know towards the end of last year as well, or throughout the season last year and continuing into this year, he's become a reliable target. Just further proving it, holding on to that ball. That was an incredible, incredible catch by Myers too. And then you have Christian Wilkerson. So one of our new players, he has three receptions, 36 yards with no touchdowns. Everyone else on this list continues to have no touchdowns. You have J.J. Taylor, with three and 16. Kendrick, you know, James White, he has two with for 13. Bourne, one reception for 23. Nikhil, one for 19. And he ended up getting hurt in that game from that bomb by Mac Jones. That was an incredible, incredible ball by Mac Jones. You care, Harry just didn't end up taking, just didn't end up holding onto that ball. That was just right through his hands. That was an incredible throw by Jones. I was really pleased with that throw. Isaiah Zuber, obviously we had him from last year, one reception for 12. And then Ramondre Stevenson actually ended up getting a ball through one target for eight yards. And obviously all these guys are going to be, you know, playing, so they don't want to really – they don't want to keep them going. And then this is the defense. This is where we finally hit defense. Now, I'm excited for this part because it was just incredible to watch. Um, let's see here. So, first off, you have Jawan Williams. He's always been an incredible player. Obviously, just great awareness on that defense. Knows knows when to get you know down to the ball. He had great coverage during the game last night on a couple plays. He ends up having one tackle, though, one assisted. And some of these guys I really don't want to get into because some of them didn't really play. So you have Jawan Williams, Jalen Mills, Donnie Hightower, obviously all well-rounded players, high IQ defensive players. And there's just not much I can say about these guys. You guys know about them. High, high IQ, great players. They know what they're doing. Great situational awareness in all of them. They know how to read a defense. They know how to read the offense. They know how to sneak in there and make a play. They know when to step in front of players, get the picks, disrupt disrupt the passer. Donnie Hightower knows that better than anyone. Juwan Bentley gets a little bit more than the other than the first three with three tackles, three three assisted, and that's about it for that. Kyle Van Noy, obviously disruptive. Two tackles, one assisted. Now, I was happy with this one. Matt Judon, he only had, he may have only had two tackles, but he ended up having that forced fumble. And then, obviously, that Jalen Mills quick recovery. I was happy to see that reaction time by Jalen Mills, people land on that ball and 
turning it over for New England. I was really happy with that. And then you have Harvey Longy making a couple plays as well. Obviously, we had him back in 2017. We bring him back in for three tackles. And that one interception, it was that disrupted pass by Justin Bethel. And then Harvey, and then it gets batted in the air. Harvey Lange picks it off. That was an incredible play as well by him. Great timing for him to be there. And a, it's great awareness by Lange to be there for that ball, just to be able to read that perfectly. And then you have Cash Malua. He had two, two tackles as well for him. And he had a couple of disruptions in the running game, I believe, actually. On the Eagles running game, had a couple of great tackles for loss. And, yeah, I mean, Adrian Colbert didn't really have much of anything except for one pick. That was an incredible pick by Colbert as well. That was that was a terrible throw by Flacco. And then you have really about it for – and then you have punt returns, Gunnar Olszewski with two attempts, and J.J. Taylor with three. But, yeah, that was actually it for all the statistics in that game. Can't really talk about much when not really any of the starters really played. I mean, I mainly talked about all the guys that did, you know, that made a difference in the game. One thing I did notice with Matt Judon, though, is he's he's been a disruptive force. I've noticed he has definitely been just his presence, his hits, him being, you know, again, disruptive. He, he was disruptive at the line. You know, he was he was getting to his tackles, he was getting to he was getting where he needed to to make interruptions for the offense and to break things up and to just be that quick, elite, speedy defensive player that we that New England definitely needed. And that's gonna help out the pass rush because he definitely helped lead that as well. I mean, just to be able again to make those that's I, I keep talking about situational awareness, but he has that situational awareness, has that great IQ. He got to he got to a point where he needed to be. He figured, hey, I get to this slot, I rush it, and that'll help the pass. You know, that'll help break up the pass rush. And he did. He he helped bust it open. Got to the you know they all got to the quarterback. They all got to where they needed to be. They all played how how they needed to. They executed well. They played how they you know again they really just played how they needed to and they got the win. They were able to disrupt everything every you know all the you know the whole night they were making disruptions. They were making it tough on Joe Flacco in that offense. They just kept getting that pass rush. They there's just paranoia set in, and they just they they were off the whole night, and it was just incredible to watch. So I, I'm excited for this defense too. Just happy to have Hightower back. Happy to bring back Kyle Van Noy, Matt Judon. The pass rush was definitely missing last year. We brought that back. It's all elite now. Again, just just the the pass rush was so was so great to see. We're so used to seeing that in New England. So when we didn't see it last year, it was it, it sucked to not see it. And it, it, it's just an elite pass rush, elite defense. Now I'm excited to watch. It's really going to be amazing. But yes, that, that actually is going to wrap up our first episode of Patriots Post Report. I really hope you guys did enjoy. Let me know if you guys enjoyed this kind of this this um this setup for the show. Do you guys like the you guys liked how we 
kind of set it up. Do you guys like the format of it? Let me know what you guys think. I'm genuinely curious. If you guys have anything you guys would like to have talked about more, or if you guys like the way it is right now, let me know. That's all I ask. And that would be definitely appreciated because you guys are the ones listening at the end of the day. I will have all my social media links down below. I'll also have this, all of these statistics down below as well for you guys to look at, for you guys to look at. So thank you guys for tuning in. I really hope you guys did enjoy and I will see you guys next week.